Welcome to Smart Poker Study, the poker podcast for those who work to be better today than yesterday. I'm your host, Sky Matsuhashi. In last week's episode number 235, I answered questions about handling poker downswings, improving on the felt focus, and avoiding boredom. It's poker study time, y'all! Thank you so much for sharing this show with some of those poker friends of yours. I really do appreciate it. And an extra big thanks to a few Patreon anniversaries. If you want to become a Patreon supporter, just go to patreon.com slash smartpokerstudy. Just like these fine folks who visited well over a year ago and started supporting back then. Lou Descalzo, Josh Banks, and German Rincon are all at the one-year, six months of support. Thank you, three of you, so very much. Kevin Rocktashel, one year, seven months. Greg Vogelsberger, and John Coveney, one year and nine months. Thank you all so much for that killer support. I really do appreciate it. You are helping to keep this train on the tracks. And every month, in appreciation of your thanks, I give you a brand new uh, Patreon-only podcast and a Patreon-only training video. And as well, you know, when you're a Patreon insider, you also get bigger discounts to various uh, monthly webinars, my future course, books, all that stuff, you know. So thank you very much, the, the six of you, for being well over one year insiders. So if you want to join Lou, John, Josh, German, Kevin, Greg, or John right here, go to patreon.com slash smartpokerstudy to start that support. Alrighty, let's get to setting yourself up for session success. We are talking bankrolls and warmups today, poker peeps. So these two things, they will help to set you up for success with every session that you play. But before we get to the good stuff, here is today's challenge. Challenge! Here is my challenge to you for this episode. Make sure you are properly rolled for your next session with at least 40 buy-ins for cash games or between 100 and 200 buy-ins for tournaments, whether that's MTTs or sit and goes. This will help you be less concerned with the money at risk. Pair these bankroll rules with doing a warm-up of your choosing to get you into the right mindset for great, positive EV decision-making. Now it's your turn to take action and do something positive for your poker game. Now get it on. So if you stop the podcast right now and just complete that challenge, you will have done some purposeful practice for today. But for those who want to learn a little bit more about bankroll rules and warm-ups, stick around. Please visit the show notes page for everything I discussed today, along with screenshots and links at www.smartpokerstudy.com slash pod236. Let's roll, and of course, gambate! And now for our feature presentation. So we're going to start off by talking about bankroll rules. Uh, I started playing poker back in 03, and uh, I was just playing in live poker games, and I had no idea there was something called a bankroll, you know. I just went to the card room uh, after, of course, hitting the ATM. Or I was a server at the time, so I had plenty of cash in my wallet, of course. Um, I pulled out some money if I went to the ATM. I plunked down my buy-in, and I started playing. And I would normally leave the card room when I went bust or when I was up about $100. Like, that was my goal for playing. The long term, that wasn't anything in my thoughts at all. 
nor was handling variance. Uh, and variance is a term I haven't even, or I didn't even hear until probably years later when I started playing. Now, variance, that's the normal ups and downs that come with poker. You can be making the best decisions over and over again in your games, but sometimes the cards just go against you and you end up losing for a sustained duration. Could be weeks, months, thousands, tens of thousands of hands. So keeping your poker bankroll separate from your life roll, that is a super important idea and it helps you weather the variance that you're going to uh, that you're going to experience in poker. In order to keep your poker bankroll, we have to follow good bankroll management rules. If you're underrolled for a stake, like having $600 to your name, but you're buying into $100 games, you can blow through that roll quicker than grass through a goose. And trust me, I've done this before. My first buy-in at PokerStars, I blew through that $600 like it was nothing, and I probably only earned $5 or $10 of that bonus money, you know? Well, being under-rolled like this can cause you to be very concerned with the money at risk, and it can lead to scared play. Scared play just does not do you any good at all. You cannot make the proper aggressive decisions that commit a lot of chips when you are scared. Now, I have some very simple bankroll rules that I recommend that you follow, and I mentioned them in the challenge earlier in the episode. Now, some people would say that my rules are a little conservative, and I agree with that totally, but it's helped me to keep my bankroll alive, and I have not had to replenish it for an incredibly long time. Uh, I can't even remember, maybe since 2012 or so, you know? So for cash game players, I recommend you have at least 40 buy-ins in your bankroll. So if you have a $1,000 bankroll, that is 40 $25 buy-ins, which means you can play 25 NL comfortably. You could play 10 NL super comfortably with $1,000, right? Well, your experience will vary uh, when it comes to variances and, and downswings, but the worst downswing I ever had was about 12 buy-ins. Because I was following that 40 buy-in bankroll rule, when I lost the 12 buy-ins, I was down to roughly 30 buy-ins of the level I was playing. But I kept on playing, I, I put in that volume, I tried to get through the variance I was experiencing, um, and I built it back up to 40 buy-ins, I can't remember how long, within a couple months or something, you know, and then of course beyond that by now. So my rules are a little bit different for MTT and sit-and-go players. I recommend anywhere from 100 to 200 buy-ins, and the higher stakes that you play, the closer you should be to 200 buy-ins. So for that same $1,000 bankroll, you can play anywhere from $5 tournaments to $10 tournaments. Now, because I'm not really a frequent live player, I don't have a live poker bankroll. Um, I'll withdraw money from my online roll or I'll just pull some cash. So I don't really have rules for live poker bankrolls. Uh, I recommend if you want to find some rules to follow, just go online and take a look. You know, Google live poker bankroll rules. Now, there's a big difference between, you know, my 40 buy-ins for cash and 100 to 200 buy-ins for tournaments. The reason for the higher bankroll is because tournaments seem to have a little bit more variance. You can easily go through streaks of 10, 20, or even 30 tournaments without a single cash, or maybe with just a couple of min caches, which depletes that bankroll big time, right? So I want to reiterate the single biggest reason for following these bankroll requirements, and that is to keep yourself in the game by having an adequate bankroll to carry you through the variance, through those expected losses that you'll that that you'll that come with poker. But as I mentioned earlier, a second reason is for the peace of mind it gives you that you do not have to worry too much about the money on the line during any one session that you play. 
When you're not overly concerned with the money at stake, you're more able to make some of those difficult and aggressive plays that oftentimes put a lot of money at risk. So following bankroll rules is one way that you can set yourself up for success. Another way is with warm-ups, and we'll get to that soon. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash smartpokerstudy. They have almost 200,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player, including my first two books, How to Study Poker, Volume 1 and Volume 2, and my third book, Preflop Online Poker. They're all right there available to you. When you start your free trial, you get that free audiobook download, and they'll never take it away, even if you cancel that free trial before the first monthly uh, before the first monthly charge comes through, right? You can get Preflop Online Poker as your first audiobook because they sell it for $19.95 on Audible. Get Get that one for free, baby. 20 bucks saved. So once again, audibletrial.com slash smartpokerstudy. And just a few shout outs today. Chris Garber purchased Poker Tracker 4 through my affiliate link. He went to smartpokerstudy.com slash pokertracker4. And now this fella is using the single best poker tracking software to exploit his opponents and to also gather a database of hands that he can study from. And of course, with Poker Tracker 4, he received my Smart HUD with a webinar. And then we also have some people who this past week purchased the Smart HUD with the webinar, um, and they already had Poker Tracker 4. They are Timothy Palumbo, Lassie, Frank Rybel, Radislav Kidanov, Matthew Brown, Ki Yu Yi, Paul Mole, Gabriel Delator, and Jan. Thank you very much for purchasing the Smart HUD. You all went to smartpokerstudy.com slash smart HUD. Um, watched the preview video, learned a little bit more about the HUD. You decided it's what you wanted. You made the purchase and you got the webinar as well with it. It's over a, it's a it's an over one hour webinar that tells you exactly how to use the smart HUD to exploit your opponent. So thanks again for that purchase. And lastly, Drew purchased How to Study Poker Volume 1 in PDF form. So if you want the PDF as opposed to like an Amazon Kindle, just go to uh, the show notes page for today and click the same link that Drew clicked right there. Alrighty, back to class, poker people. So it's time to discuss another way to set yourself up for session success, and that is by warming up. Now, my guess is that most of you listening to this, you do not conduct warm-ups. And I don't blame you. I was that way for a very long time. Um, you know, you probably simply fire up your software, you jump on a few tables, and you start playing each hand that's dealt to you. But in just about every part of life, from playing sports to playing musical instruments to doing a presentation at work to even uh, like going in for a job interview... Everybody warms up prior to the big game, right? Prior to when the stakes are on the line. When your performance in whatever you're doing, when that performance matters to you, you've got to get your mind and potentially your body ready for what you're about to do. So I've thought about this for a long time. Why is it that poker players, why don't we often conduct a warm-up? Well, my answer to this is I have no idea. Maybe it's because poker's a game. And like most games from Nintendo to playing chess to playing ping pong with somebody, we simply turn it on or set up the board or set up the table and start playing. Well, for everybody listening right now, poker is a game, but it's a game with money on the line. And again, 
It's a game that you're trying to actively improve your skills within, right? So warming up must be a priority for each of us. Now, I'm constantly changing my warm-ups, and they seem to be different all the time. Within this podcast, uh, prior episodes, I've given you eight-step warm-up suggestions and even one-step warm-up suggestions. I've been all over the place with them, but I am going to super simplify it today. And a very easy two-part warm-up that if you do just these two, you will have definitely set yourself up for session success. After I give you these two parts to the warm-up, I'll give you a few additional ideas if you want to tack those on to help you get even better prepared for your session. So the first part, of course, is ditch the distractions. The thing that most frequently leads me to poor sessions is being distracted. Now, here are a few things for myself that pull my attention away from the tables. And that uh, number one is responding to emails. Number two, watching a movie on Netflix. Number three, my boys trying to get my attention if I'm playing while they're at home with me. Um, Drinking alcohol and playing tired. So you might be saying, Sky, how could you? Watching Netflix while you play? That's just indecent. Well, yes, I agree with you, and I'm guilty as charged. You know, just because I'm a coach and a podcaster and an author, it doesn't mean I don't make mistakes, right? I'm making them all the time, but I'm trying to learn from them and to not repeat them. So ditching the distractions is my own number one warm-up focus right now. So I think that what you need to do is figure out the things that distract you and ditch them prior to your session as well. The second thing that you must do is choose a strategy focus. And this entire year, 2019, and everything leading up until now, right? um, I've been really on the taking action bandwagon. So I think that you should treat each of your play sessions as an opportunity to practice a specific strategy. Your goal probably is to practice whatever strategy you're studying off the felt right now. Maybe you, during lunch today, maybe you watched a 3-bet bluffing video. Well... Practice your three-bet bluffs in your session tonight. Maybe you listen to a podcast on making bigger isolation raises. Well, practice those tonight, right? And of course, you're listening to this podcast right now. So make sure you are following the bankroll rules that I outlined earlier. And make sure that you conduct a warm-up tonight with these two steps. Now here are some additional warm-up ideas. The first is devise a tick sheet. Now, I love tick sheets to help me stay focused on my strategy of choice. So if you want to practice your three-bet bluffs, whip out a piece of paper and at the top of it, write three-bet bluff in the left-hand column, value three-bet in the middle column, and skipped three-bet in the right-hand column. So for every three-betting opportunity you face, make your play, whether it's folding or three-betting, and put a tick mark in the appropriate column. Another warm-up idea is to decide on game tape before you begin your session. If you're going to record game tape before you get on those tables, set up the software, set up your microphone, uh, and you start recording before those tables actually open up. The third additional warm-up idea is hand-reading practice. So do a full hand-reading exercise involving your strategy of choice. So if you're working on 3-bet bluffing, find a 3-bet bluffing hand that went to showdown. You want to run the full hand through Flopzilla, assign your opponent a preflop range, narrow it through the streets based on your actions and their actions, of course. Now, this will get you thinking about poker before your session even begins, and it will focus you on your strategy of choice even better. And the last idea is to have a HUD stat focus. Of course, we can all improve our understanding of different HUD stats. So maybe, for example, you don't really know how to use the AF stat in-game. Well, 
You want to focus on it for this entire session and make sure you look at each player's AF stat before you enter a pot with them. So if you open raised and, you know, Bob123 called preflop, look at his AF statistic on the flop to gauge how aggressive he is. The more you practice and try to make decisions with your statistics, the more useful they will become to you. Well, this episode is not complete until you head to the show notes page at www.smartpokerstudy.com slash pod two. 36. Go there for screenshots uh, to reread all of this stuff or to read it as you're listening to the podcast. It's a really good way to help the information sink in. And of course, you can go there to discover ways in which you can support the podcast to keep me keeping on. Thank you so much for listening today. If you enjoyed this episode, please tell a friend or, of course, tell the world by leaving a glowing five-star review on your favorite podcatching app. If you like taking action on what you learn in poker, pick up my book, Preflop Online Poker. Every chapter has at least four actions for you to take on and off the felt to work on improving your game. Alrighty, poker peeps, in the next episode, number 237, I will discuss ways to play more tables and have a kick-ass attitude on the felt. Word of mouth is the best advertising, and I thank you for sharing the show with other poker people. Your sharing and caring is what helps us grow. So until next time, study smart, play much, and make your next session the best one yet.